there's something that I feel like as a society, we have been engaged at a level that we're so triggered that we have to comment on every little thing and we have to bring up somebody else's character or judgment um, and call them out on stuff. I'm like, when did we get so hateful about that? But then at the same time, I, I do feel like I have this, there's something in me against, and I'm not saying the specific ones yesterday doing the hashtag, but just in general, there's such a gray area with influencers. and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. I feel like, Kelly, we need a sound effect of some maybe patriotic music, or maybe all of you <laughs> listening should stand as we begin this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, we're calling this our State of the Union address. We did this back in September, and as we mentioned then, we plan to do it once a month from now until the end of the year. And we kind of wanted to approach this one. We said we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about at the local level state level and the federal level. And so we're going to start with our local level, which is actually just some updates that Kelly and I want to share about some things going on in our lives. Um, and then at the state level is going to be a little update on Millspo Gurus and some of the metrics we've been using to track some of our progress. And uh, and then finally, we're going to get into the federal portion of the State of the Union, where we're going to talk some hot topics about what's going on in the world and in the country mm-hmm. these days. Um, so Kelly, do you want to start? I mean, you have had a like <laughs> celebrity experience for real, like celebrity experience this past week. Like for real, for real. Um, yeah. So really randomly, um, I've been, vo- I've been volunteering with the democratic party. Um, that's not, I don't think it's news to anybody, but I've been kind of doing work there with the, the veterans and military families, uh, caucus, I guess, uh, here. So I've been a little in the know and, you know, they haven't, the Democrat, the, the Biden campaign hasn't done any kind of in-person events on purpose. Um, they're being mindful of COVID and, you know, not trying to do rallies and things like that. So, um, it's all been virtual, which has left a lot of people kind of wanting, like you, you just, you kind of need the in-person appearances, um, to get folks excited about voting and excited about their candidates. So anyway, I got a, I got a text message, uh, from a friend, uh, on Sunday, like, Hey, did you hear about the event happening in North Carolina or in Fayetteville? And I said, no, but I would love to hear about the event. Like it was very like secretive and (laughs) like, have you heard? And, um, come to find out, uh, Dr. Biden was coming to Fayetteville to talk to military families uh, and do like a listening session of sorts. And uh, I was invited to attend, which was amazing and incredible. And I was so excited. And um, well, hang on, also- you're, you're being humble because you weren't just invited to attend. Please continue <laughs> the story and tell them what you actually got to do. So, so it was, it was interesting because of the, um, like our state stipulations, the governor, you know, we're in like phase two and a half or I don't know, something of reopening. So we still have, um, limits on how many people can gather indoors, outdoors. And I was actually trying to help the organizer, like find a location, where are we going to do this? You know, that sort of thing. Um, luckily the weather was great. So they were able to host it outside. Um, so we're at a 50 person max there, but the problem is, is they travel with so many people that the actual attendee list was only like 
12 to 15 folks. So I already knew it was going to be like super intimate. I was so excited. I'm like, I have wanted to meet her for so long. Um, about a, f- a few hours before the event, uh, the person that I had been in contact with was like, oh, and by the way, we're going to ask you to introduce Dr. B. <laughs> I was like, what? Sorry. <laughs> Which, you know, thinking of that as a five, that was probably the best way to tell you because I'm Everyone, thinking about yeah. your Chris, Chris Hewitt's interview and how you just sat on that and you had to get all the questions and listen to all the podcasts. So if you had had too much notice, that might have been paralyzing. I would have gotten lost in the internet doing research. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, so she kind of mentioned it the night before, but she was, she said, but listen, I'll send you talking points. You know, I'll send you like a script basically. I was like, okay, cool. I can read a script. Um, She never got back to me though. And like an hour before it was time to leave to go out to the, to the site. I'm like, crap, I got to write something. I can't rely on her to send me anything. Um, So I had not written a thing until an hour before. I was like, okay, deep breaths. I like <laughs> texted my boss because he used to write speeches for some really important folks. I was like, can you write me a speech real quick? Thanks. Um, and he, he didn't, of course, <laughs> but I like put together just some heartfelt thoughts. Like I didn't um, have her official bio or anything. I wasn't trying to do all that. And I knew it was a small group anyway. So I was like, okay, cool. It's just like talking to friends. Um, but the reality was, it was like being there and like I literally like looked at her the whole time. Like she was standing right next to me. So I was like, I just took the opportunity to like say thank you because yeah. she really is inspiring. I mean, there's yeah. been so many things that she has done and accomplished and she's such a great role model. And like, I was just like, look, I, I'm just going to say thank you for everything that you've done for military families specifically. Thank you for continuing to work um, outside of your White House role while your husband was in office. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um Thank you for like, and I I said something to the effect of like, you've altered the trajectory of the professional lives of military spouses for an entire generation. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Like, including myself because of some of the initiatives that she and Michelle Obama um, were able to work on and achieve while they were uh, in office this last time around. So yeah, it was just, I, I can't even tell you I'm floating still. It well, was I think incredible. it's really cool too that like she... Yes, she has notoriety and she has done a lot of things. But at the end of the day, it it is just another person standing there. So I think your approach might have been spot on to just talk to her like a person and maybe so refreshing to her. I mean, good grief. She's heard her own bio regurgitated (laughs) millions of times. But to just hear a heartfelt thank you, that seems so personal and lovely. She and she spent so much time with each person there, like after she gave remarks, which were awesome. Um, but then she spent time. She was introduced to each of the military spouses that were in attendance. Um, and then I took a quick moment. I felt like I was hogging like space. So I was trying to be like really quick and like get out of everyone else's way. But uh, my daughter. Yes, uh, I was hoping. Uh, you I was okay. Yeah. So Hannah um, started making these little necklaces uh, a few months ago because she saw Michelle Obama give a speech and she had a necklace that said vote on it. And Hannah makes jewelry. So we've been looking for like a new style or a new thing to make. And so she's making these cute little stamps necklaces that say vote. Um, she sold a bunch of them. She's like, she's awesome. But, um, anyway, I brought one cause Hannah thought she'd be able to go. I was hoping Aww, I could take the kids yeah. I know, and then they couldn't cause his numbers and it, it's fine. But, um, and honestly, my kids have already met her on zoom. That's so it's right. like, right. My poor kids, they have like 
again, unrealistic expectations of like what reality actually is. Because <laughs> like, I never had these experiences growing up. Um, but she sent a necklace with me and a sweet little note uh, to Miss Biden or Dr. Biden. And um, I told her, I was like, hey, listen, you know, I have things that I could talk to you about, but I really just want to give you this and give you the story behind um, this necklace. And I was looking around for the aid. Usually there's people because like, even the things that she signed, people right. were like, hand sanitizer, wiping the pens. Inspecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I'm like looking for the aid to see like who to hand the envelope to. And I was kind of like, look, you know, open it later or whatever. Um, When I told her my daughter, my 10 year old had made it. She was like, oh, let me see. She like grabbed it right out of my hands. She like opened it right there. She's like, oh my God, it's adorable. And she called her stylist or assistant over and was like, help me put this on. She like put it on right there. Awesome. She wore it. She wore it for the rest of the day. She wore it the next day, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> so a friend of mine was in a meeting and saw her on camera in a whole new outfit. And she had put back on my baby's necklace. And I'm just like over the moon by it. What a good person. What an amazing like grandma. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was like her grandma, like proud teacher moment where she's showing off her. Macaroni her necklace head. from her kid. I, yeah. I know. <laughs> Not that <laughs> Hannah's necklace is a macaroni I know, necklace. Right? I didn't mean that. Just the sentiment. Well, of, I slipped yeah. and said, Hannah, I hope she didn't break it. <laughs> She's like, what are you trying to say? Nothing, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it was an incredible experience. Sorry for for boring you guys, but um, yeah, that's so man, cool. so inspiring. Awesome. Yeah, I say all the time, Kelly is one of these people that just happens to be at the right place at the right time all the time, and it's pretty cool yeah. to to see that. That's so 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 cool. Well, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of an update. I had shared briefly in a previous episode that one of my goals for this year has been to re um. I get my teacher's Tennessee teacher's license re uh, initiated or activated so that mm-hmm. I am eligible. Not that I'm out just dying to find a teaching job, but just wanted to kind of have that back in my toolkit. And I did end up earning a grant through a workforce initiative that cool. paid, paid for the testing, which I think is really cool. And part of why I wanted to continue with that, I think Kelly had given me some advice on, you know, because part of it for me was like, well, it's not that I can't afford it, but it's part of me that's wanting to walk, walk through and work through this process as a military spouse to see what kind of programming is available to us. And so as a bit of an update to that, I did earn the grant and I have been now twice to the like facility where the, the money gets handed out. And I have had some great experiences there going through orientation presentation and finding out that I have about a year's worth of career coaching from Campbell Strong, the place that I was awarded the grant. So I've had help getting my LinkedIn profile updated. I have had help from the career counselor looking over my resume. I have had help going through where I went through um, an interest inventory and kind of a skills-based inventory to see what I'm good at, what my passions are, and where those two things align. And at 43, that feels kind of scary to be looking at that again, mm-hmm. but also very exciting because I'm, I'm constantly, you know, as we move around, I'm in situations where various opportunities present themselves. And to have that information feels really empowering. Now, the downside and the last little part of this update is they do expect you to be applying for some jobs while they have you kind of under their care. So I've been applying. I applied for two jobs here at Fort Campbell as a teacher's aide, not because I think that that's my life's calling, but the hours and the pay seemed pretty good. And I went in and filled out all the information, had the approval of USA Jobs as a qualified candidate, eligible candidate. But I found out I got rejected because I am no. not I am not qualified. As a person with almost 20 years of teaching experience wait, and a wait, master's wait, wait, degree, wait. I got kicked out of the system as not qualified. <laughs> so. What? 
Yeah. Crazy. Oh my God. It's insane. I know. I know. So again, I'm trying not to take it personally. I know there are a lot of like quirks about the USA jobs way that they even do hiring. And as a person of faith, like to me, it's God will open the right door when it's the time and it's, that may not be the right thing, but no matter who you are, like getting a, an email of rejection, you do just feel a little like fragile. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, fragile. Uh, I, heard, I heard someone say the other day that they look for, I, I can't remember the amount of words that have to match, mm-hmm. um, but there is a service that'll look at your resume and compare, probably your, it's probably part of what you're doing, but um, it'll it compare. Is. It's like algorithms your, almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is so kind of ugh, crap, yeah. but that's where we are guys. I mean, yeah. okay. I know. Oh, I know. Well, and it's fine. And I'm still, like I said, I'm still grateful to walk through the process of all of it. And, um, you know, if, when, if, and when the right thing comes along, I'll know it, mm. but, um, it's just felt empowering to me to at least update my resume. Like I need to and update mm-hmm. LinkedIn and get this, uh, teaching certificate updated and, back to where it's active again. So yeah, that always um, feels good. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. So that's kind of my personal, um, as we say at the local level update and state of the union for us, but we do want to transition now into our state level, which is our Milspo gurus update. And we've got a lot to update. Um, last, well, not last year, it was this year. We set some goals for Millspo Gurus, even before the pandemic hit with some metrics. We've periodically checked in pretty much quarterly. And then I think my real turning point for us, Kelly, was this summer. We had a very long and very serious like analytical discussion. Like we had budgets and we had spreadsheets and taxes and, you know, looking at true dollars and cents, looking at downloads. And so we kind of made a promise to ourselves that we were going to continue to look at these things throughout the year as a way to help us decide, make decisions about the future of Millspo Gurus and the Advice Not Given podcast, but then also just kind of how we're spending our time and resources within this project. So Mm -hmm. you want to dive in on that? Well, you guys, I mean, first of all, we're doing, we're doing great and we're in such a cool place where we're breaking even essentially. So like, again, our Claire and I's goal was never, ever, ever to like, you know, actually rake in a bunch of money. <laughs> it's literally just to sustain the effort that we're putting in. Right. Um, and we're pretty close to that. I mean, te- we're paying out dollars and cents wise, like we're, we're good. We've got, so we've got supporters and coverage for that, which is amazing. Um, it would be super great to be able to justify blocking off larger chunks of time in our calendars, how we were just kind of justifying it, um, to do more things and do more, event type things and do more community building, which we're really loving. Um, but we have to be able to tie that directly to some sort of monetary input. Uh, so what we're basically deciding to do, um, is to focus, I would say 90% on our Patreon community. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to bring you guys our weekly episodes because that is like a hobby. We love it. We enjoy it. Um, we just, it's a weird outlet. I, I must say like for a very private person, uh, to have a podcast where I talk about things that (laughs) most people probably couldn't pry out of me. It's been a really interesting experience, but I've felt it. It's so cathartic. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not gonna, it's, it's different than, putting yourself out there on social media, right? Or even in a room full of people because you don't have to necessarily hear what's coming back. Right. <laughs> but anyway, I've really been enjoying it. Our numbers are steady and growing, uh, which tells me and us that um, other folks enjoy it as well. So that's enough to keep us going. However, um, we're going to start, yeah, we're going to start 
really pumping some effort, more effort and energy into our Patreon community. Cause, um, and again, this all goes back to the monthly hangout we had mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Like that was so incredibly fun. So we're going to take that and we're going to run with it because that was something that not only did well, it did really well. Like we did not expect you guys to show up the way you did and you did. So if you are interested in joining us, um, on sort of the, the evolution of what this podcast started as, um, we are going to become really adamant about focusing on our Patreon community, keeping that safe, inclusive, you know, and um, welcoming and a place, a place we want to join you to, to, to join us. Yeah, absolutely. So more about that, patreon.com slash gurus. The links are everywhere. You can easily check that out and you can join and be a part of it for as little as $4 a month. You guys, it is a coffee. There are, Claire, we were just talking, like, who do you support on Patreon? Are we saying that out loud? Yeah. Well, oh. no, well, like, tell me why you support, who oh, you support why? on Patreon. Why and who? Okay. I, I may not say who, but I'll say why. Okay. I, su- I support them because I do feel like I want to be part of the more intimate community and have mm. access to the extra resources they're providing. Um, and many of the, the places that I do support, I feel like that is where they are now focusing their efforts and energies, not just because it's a paid area or paid platform. Um, but because that's where I'm finding like the good stuff. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that for me, that's part of why. And I know for our patrons, we do want to make sure that we are offering value there. And currently we are, um, giving them access to some of our downloads. They have access to at least one bonus episode every month, um, where we really take off the, (laughs) take off the gloves and Mm -hmm. take off the, um, filters. And then we also are offering now until the end of the year, a monthly teacher's lounge episode where I'm giving some of my feedback and input on kind of the role that many are taking on this year. And as Kelly mentioned, we're doing a monthly group therapy session and looking to build even more there. So we invite you to join us over on Patreon and become a part of that community. Hey friend, quick break to tell you about a few things that we have going on for the fall season. We've been talking and we want to hang out with you. (laughs) We're going to introduce a new monthly hangout open to our lovely supporters on Patreon and we're calling it group therapy. Asterix, we are not therapists. It is not actual group therapy. We just thought it was a fun play Uh, and we don't know about you guys, but we need it. So once a month, we're going to host a Skype hangout, but you can join us face to face and to kick us off. We'll do an Enneagram, ask us anything, uh, parenting, maybe we'll talk about homeschooling, pick Claire's brain on that. Uh, and really just whatever you guys are into and what you're thinking about. So we're also thinking of a book club. So if those things are interesting to you, check us out, patreon.com slash gurus for more. Also, we have revamped the Becoming Your Own Guru e-course. If you are a new follower of the podcast, we encourage you to check that out. It is an awesome tool and resource if you are interested in learning more about the Enneagram, but mostly more about the Enneagram as it pertains to military spouse life, challenges, triumphs, all of that. So we actually combined kind of our years of experience and pumped it all through an Enneagram filter. So you can learn more about your type, what your type might look like in the different stressors and environments that we find ourselves in and how to navigate transitions effectively. So that you can find on millspokegurus.com slash ecourse. All right. So now we are moving into the 
very serious portion of our episode <laughs> on the State of the Union. We're calling this the federal, the report on like a federal level. And I will go ahead and tell you that we are going to not give the whole conversation here. We are actually going mm-hmm. to get into part of it um, and have a stopping point, And then the remainder of that conversation will be available to our patrons. So, Kelly, I have an issue I want to bring up. And yeah. I'll, I'll just start with mine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Please. So, you know, Kelly and I have tried really hard to make this a safe place where anybody who is listening can feel welcomed and included. And, um, you know, even with our varying degrees of things that we agree upon in every area of life, but even politically, we've tried to make this a really safe space, even just for the two of us to talk and have conversations. Mm-hmm. And so I always enter into talking about political things with a lot of trepidation, not because I think Kelly's going to be mad at me, but because it is so, so sensitive. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that I have been following along this week is there is a hashtag that some of the people I follow on Instagram have been uh, using. And then mainly yesterday, it seemed like in mass, they just kind of all came out and told about why they were voting for who they were voting for. And the hashtag is hashtag. This is why 2020 and primarily the people I followed that I watched some stories and uh, read some stuff on feeds are pretty much um, conservative or moderate people who in the past have aligned with the Republican party and who have voted very conservatively. And in this one election, they are, basically changing streams or deciding that they will not be voting for the Republican candidate, but will be voting for the Democratic candidate. And that to me was like not a huge surprise. I've followed them for a long time. I know kind of their leanings, I guess. But what uh, I was talking to Kelly about that was so interesting to me were several things. First of all, many of them were putting this out there, very vulnerable. And many of their followers who tend to be like-minded we're coming in hot in the comments on like, I don't saying things essentially like I don't come here for your political views. Mm. And so Mm. I think that's something that Kelly and I want to talk a little bit about. But then also I thought it was interesting that midway through the day, many of them decided to turn off the comments on these posts. And to me, there is a little bit of a double standard there because I do think if you are inviting inclusion and you are inviting commentary and then all of a sudden you just decide that you want to have a boundary or you don't want to comment on it anymore either because it's overwhelming by the number of people commenting or because you don't like what they're saying then you just turn it off I don't know I I get that because I've posted something that I later took down because I didn't want to engage in the comments so I get that but I guess ultimately it just feels like people are kind of losing their minds right now on social media there is a term, I'm trying to Google it, but I don't know what to type, um, where you kind of bait a Facebook comment thread and then you get all these responses and then you go and delete your comment. So nobody sees what incited the thread. They yeah. only see the responses to the, uh, there's a term for it. I've heard people like put it out in rules for the Facebook groups, like know this, like don't do this. The term I'm searching for is called a dirty delete. Um, it actually robs the other group members who are following the thread, the opportunity to learn uh, something from what the conversation held. Because yeah. it's nasty. Like, And so pe- that's why people take so many screenshots. But I think that's part of it. It's like um, there's there's always this like 
kind of bomb dropped somewhere, but then somebody wants to pull it back. But that's not cool because you can't pull that back once other people now have engaged in it. Right. Um, and it because it makes the other people look bad. It makes them look like they're just jumping on nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, I did not know about this hashtag. I was fascinated. I mean, Claire told me like a couple hours ago and I went and looked at it. I was like, oh, huh. Um, I don't know if it's my silo, I guess, whatever. But um, I think that if you are an influencer and you've built your page, uh, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. I'm kind of of the opinion like they're, they, I don't understand how people want to come on their pages and say, how dare you share an opinion? Right. I just want to look at pretty plants and, and decor. How dare you be an actual person, human with convictions right. um, that they want to share. Now it's well within a follower's right to unfollow and move along. And it's also well within your right to comment. So in the same breath, like I don't think the the influencer is beholden to the audience other than monetarily. I mean, like right. brass tax, like you, you're going to start alienating your followers. That's going to affect your income. However, like, because if you're a personality or an entertainer or, you know, this happens all the time, right? In Hollywood, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't be just be an actor. We probably won't get into it here. Maybe the bonus, maybe the extended episode, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of race and racial connotations behind that too, that are significant. I don't think apply as strongly to the white community, but, um, there's a lot of pain around comments like that. Mm -hmm. Like just, just, just play basketball or just, you know, do the thing. So it kind of, but it is kind of a similar, similar thought. Um, I just want to look at the, the stuff you're producing. I don't think the influencer has to necessarily abide by those rules as long as they're willing to risk their following. But I also don't think the influencer has right to get upset with people who come and comment. Right. Right. Because they're opening themselves up to it. So you've got to be prepared for both of it. And then how you want to handle it. Um, You could just have a podcast where nobody can comment at you. (laughs) They're just silently judging you or, you know, keeping keeping a record of wrongs um, on their own. But but I guess part of it for me, there's a couple nuanced pieces of that. Like as a commenter, I guess because I don't personally engage in comments like that on Facebook or Instagram, if something bothers me, I can look at it and just decide to either quit looking at it or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes reading these comments and seeing other people get all out of hand. Um, Seeing other people come at you, like judging your character, your fate. Um, I can move on from that. So there's something that I feel like as a society, we have been engaged at a level that we're so triggered that we have to comment on every little thing and we have to bring up somebody else's character or judgment um, and call them out on stuff. I'm like, when did we get so hateful about that? But then at the same time, I, I do feel like I have this, there's something in me against, and I'm not saying the specific ones yesterday doing the hashtag, but just in general, there's such a gray area with influencers because so many, mm-hmm. especially on Instagram, I feel like that's the the platform. So many people want to come across. We hear words like authentic. We hear words like mm-hmm. vulnerable. We hear words like transparent. And they want to paint this picture that I am just like you and we are just the same, but we are always being marketed to and we are always being sold something. And so that muddies that for me a little bit. Like it, it, in writing, you know, like you're wondering if you can trust the authority of your, of the speaker or, you know, of the, the person who's speaking or who you're reading. Um, and 
I guess as a six, it's making me kind of wonder like, well, do I, what parts of my trust am I putting in these people? Is it just to sell me flowers or plants or home decor? Or am I buying all in to like everything? I, I'm I'm like furiously taking notes because I want to get all of this out. Okay, um, sorry, go ahead. So you, no, 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 no. I because you you just like lit a bunch of thoughts for me. Um, you trust was number four, but I'm going to go ahead and skip right to that because that is that's that's at your heart, right? I don't know. Let me take. Let me back up. I'm going to get there. Okay, so <laughs> stream of consciousness, guys. Ready? Um, people are home and they're bored. And they're on screens more than ever before. Okay. Right. So like you're not going to be sitting at your office where your boss could walk by with Facebook huge on your monitor. Right. But you will at home because nobody's looking over your shoulder. You're going to pull your phone out. You're going to take more breaks. You're going to be more um, t- like clued in. I'm sure there are stats from social media companies as to like the usage uptick nowadays. Um, also, the fact that the the platform is so readily available to so many people, you do not have to be an expert in any way, shape, or form to say things, right? <laughs> or to curate an audience, or to do a Facebook Live and spout off, right? You could hey, literally or have a podcast, anyone. right? Or have a podcast <laughs> where you give advice. I don't know. I mean, you could just be any old person. So there's there's an uptick in usage, right? And there's no like control mechanisms at all uh, for the type of people that are using and for the consumption of said um, usage. Uh, FTC has been involved, you know, heavily right now. There's like so many campaigns around misinformation and, you know, but then it's funny because we're trying to control the information that goes out and monitor somehow and that's being perceived as censorship. And then where does that, where does right. that conversation take in when it's not a free platform? You are the, uh, y'all, and when you talk about Social Dilemma, not today, the movie on Netflix, if you haven't seen it, um, it's fascinating. Uh, so just think about that. Like you are using a free platform. If you are not paying for something, you are not getting a product. You are the product. Right. So just keep that in mind. You're being manipulated. Right. Um, and as we said, I've said before on the podcast, you're paying in another way. You're paying exactly. in relationships and peace and yeah. Mental stress. All right. Two, the audience curation um, mm-hmm. for these influencers. And look, we're the, we're in the same boat. I am a marketer. Like I market to people. I were I try to figure out how to get people's attention. I mean, if I were a better marketer, we might not be begging you guys for Patreon support. <laughs> but this in your is day job, the, you're a marketer. Yeah, yeah. This is part of the hustle, you guys. So these influencers are doing the same. The influencers are doing the same exact thing, right? They're trying to curate an audience, and in order to make the biggest, get the biggest audience possible. Possible, they're going to have to play it safe with a lot of their content. However, comma, it's 2020. And there are a lot of things that seem like and are actually on fire. So mm-hmm. people's convictions and values are being called into question. So not only just being uh, nonpartisan or nonpolitical, that's not enough. Like you have to actively speak up for things that are affecting a segment of your community. Because if you've grown this big, beautiful, supportive, inclusive space, you're going to always have a segment of your community that is hurting for some reason. So those are really, really, really difficult um, messages to weave in and thread um, without you know, appearing like your virtue signaling. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, is it authentic or is it for show? Right. Mm-hmm. Or are you informed enough about the movement you're jumping onto? I mean, look, we've already seen it, right. Mm-hmm. There were, there was the black and white photo thing earlier this summer where people start, and I did it. People started posting black and white photos and tagging friends. And it was something about like empowerment for women. But in reality, the hashtag was started by a group in, um, Oh, Armenia. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'll come back and fact check that. But it was it was a whole thing about domestic violence and femicide. We didn't know that. We just took it over. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a bit of this um, almost like entitlement where the influencers come off to people that are down on the ground doing the work, pounding the pavement, fighting for change or, or, or social initiatives or justice. Um, here comes swoops in an influencer, you know, <laughs> with her basic outfit and her, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, uh, you know, aesthetic. And she makes one hashtag and all of a sudden it's like popular and it's kind of offensive to the people that are actually doing the work, I think mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. So there's not a, sometimes there's not enough research that goes into all of that. And that leads me to trust and misinformation. So because we're being bombarded and because we are consuming so much more media right now, um, and because uh, of the current climate (laughs) in our country, um, it is really, it has become really difficult to understand what we can trust as fact, what is reality that has not been obscured by like a social media lens or cloud or fog, um, right. That it's not been hyped up by an algorithm or just passed along as information that is not factual at all. Um, so case in point with the hashtag that you're mentioning, Claire, like I've scrolled through a few videos and listened to a lot of them and some of them were seemingly factual, but others would refute the exact opposite on the Mm -hmm. very next video Mm -hmm. as not factual, especially because they were really hot button topics um, in specifically the conservative Christian community, which, and these are big points that are weighing on a lot of people. Like, yeah. So I'll let you speak to that, but those are, those are kind of my thoughts all the way down the chain as to like this confluence of uh, things that are that are affecting us and our digestion of, of social media. Yeah. Well, we're actually going to make this our breaking point and stopping point for this portion of the episode. So thank you for joining us. If you would like to hear the rest of this conversation and all the bonus content that we have mentioned earlier in Patreon, join us at Patreon slash <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given. <laughs>